Welcome back, seeker of strength, to another empowering episode of Gathering Strength, the podcast where we dive into remarkable stories of individuals who redefine the limits of physical and mental resilience. I'm your host, Ruby Rube, and today we have a true embodiment of strength, a man whose journey weaves through the disciplined realms of the military, the courageous front lines of firefighting, and the tender beginnings of marriage, and the transformative chapter of becoming a new father. Our guest today Austin Fernandez, a.k.a. Big Fern. He not only dons the uniform in service to his country, but has also conquered stages, claiming victories in the hero's classic physique, men's classic novice C, and making his mark in the fiercely competitive bodybuilding tournament, the Texas State Pro-AM. Man, with notable placements. Picture this, a military veteran, a devoted firefighter, a newlywed, and a brand new dad, all wrapped up into one inspiring individual. How does he balance the demands of these intense professions with the joys and challenges of family life? How did his military and firefighting background contribute to his triumphs on the bodybuilding stage? And perhaps most intriguingly, what legacy does he aim to leave for his child and future generations? Join me and Austin, a.k.a. Big Fern, as we unravel the layers of discipline, dedication, and determination in this extraordinary journey of gathering strength. Get ready for insights that transcend the weights, the fires, and battles and discover the power of forging strength in the crucible of life. We'll get to the interview with Austin Fernandez, a.k.a. Big Fern, in a moment, but not before we kick off the podcast with a quote from the GOAT. Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, he said, The more you learn, the more you earn. And by golly, you gonna learn today. I want you to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger via 1974 as he was competing and dominating the Mr. Olympia Bodybuilding Championships. That's right. I want you to look jacked. I want you to have the buff body, the buff mind, the buff spirit, and the buff bank. Why? Because life is heavy and we're not always going to have a spot. Luckily for you, I got your back. Now that we're all warmed up, loose, and limber, let's get into the heavy lift. Without further ado, my conversation with Austin Fernandez. Hello? Big Fern! Uncle Ruben! Uh, is that you? Hey, what up, nephew? How you doing? Ah, oh, blessed. Blessed Sunday. Things are smooth sailing over here. And I would ask you how you're doing, but I'm going to assume that you're on cloud nine right now. Uh, more like cloud nine with a, with a memory foam pillow. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, congratulations, man. Um, 
that is a, a journey that I enjoyed following. I, I, I enjoyed seeing all of your posts. You're over there standing in the mirror, showing the progress, showing, man, everything that you said you were going to do, you did. And, man, that, that uh, putting the weight behind your word, that breeds confidence. So right on, man. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely it definitely took uh, a lot of confidence to get out of my comfort zone. Um, I definitely I enjoy bodybuilding. I never competed because I never knew which uh, steps to take or um, how to pretty much get the ball rolling on it. So I reached out to my friend who who's a competitor um, and he's also a coach. So I reached out to him, asked him for his help, um, and obviously with the support with Victoria and making it not just my priority, but her priority to actually seem to succeed. Like it, it pushed me to actually wanting to stay committed to my word that I had set out to people uh, this past 12, 14 weeks. Awesome. Before we get any deeper into the conversation on the phone, I have with me Austin Fernandez, AKA Big Fern. And he just recently finished a bodybuilding competition that he had set out for himself, uh, I think you said 14 weeks ago, and you took first place in the Heroes Classic Physique, first place in Men's Classic Novice C, third in Men's Classic Physique Open, and third in Men's Classic Physique True Novice, and that was at the Texas State Pro AM. Congratulations. That is awesome. And man, uh, I am having the conversation with you so that you can share a little bit about what you gleaned during this journey of transforming your physique into that Greek goddess that you are right now. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I appreciate it. And I can't express how, how thankful I am uh, for you having me be a part of not only this journey, but the being able to shine light on fatherhood and the difficulty it is to actually balance a lifestyle. And when I say lifestyle, I mean hobbies. I mean outside of work because you have to add work into it, um, as well as being a father or in some cases being a mother or just a parent in general. Um, so I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to shine light on that and uh, to hopefully be a a voice for somebody because I know that just being healthy in general isn't easy and doesn't make it any easier when you actually throw in competition. Yeah, definitely. And in a world where you can just, you know, work, pay your bills, spend all your money, crack open a Modelo, fire up the barbecue, in a world when you can do all of that, yeah, you know, there's a time and place for all that to have fun. But you as a young man, a young father, how old are you, Austin? I'm 24 years old. 24 years old. I just spoke to a individual. Um, his name is Eli, and he ran 200 miles without even training. <laughs> so, um, so he ran 200 miles without even training. We had an awesome conversation, and now I'm talking with you, 24 years old, young father. Congratulations on welcoming your child into the world. That is is awesome. Now, in a world where we can, you know, simply just kick back, chill, relax, get drunk, and, you know, do all the things that, you know, a typical status quo 24-year-old does. Here you are, you know, with an iron will, the mentality, you visualize what you could become, and you manifested that. Now, what, 
what have you learned? Why, why, why go down that journey? Why spend all that time in the gym? Why sacrifice on the superfluous? Why sacrifice on the, the goody treats, the ice creams, the, the pizzas, the hamburgers, and all that quote-unquote good food and go down the hard path that you, that you ventured down? Why, why do all that? What's the point, Austin? Well, you said the key word twice sacrifice mm. um when it boils down to the nitty-gritty or the, the meats and potatoes it is sacrifice um and when you sacrifice something such as the negative things that taste so good because for a lot of people in a religious aspect sometimes the bad things are the things that are the best or they're they're good and they're manipulation to life um and i definitely after last year was in a dark place um, where I experienced that. And so I had to actually find myself uh, competing to see that sacrificing things that aren't good for me in life are actually the best thing that could possibly develop me into the father I need to be, the husband I need to be, the mm -hmm. man I need to be in general, or just the firefighter that I need to be. Um, because we have a saying in the fire department, Risk a little, save a little. Risk a lot, save a lot. And that goes to really anything in life with sacrificing. You have to make that decision on how much and what you're going to sacrifice based off of how much it means to you. So um, sacrificing, again, I can't, I cannot harp on it enough. Um, but it also comes down to sacrificing, you know, time of the father. And I'm going to say this very openly. Uh, everybody has different perspectives of being a parent and how they operate things. I'm not saying the way that I do things is operational for somebody else. Um, but I had to sacrifice time as a father. Uh, but I made up that time, uh, thankfully, because Victoria is strong enough, uh, well-determined as a first-time mother, to actually support me through this and to take Carson through the night. And her and I, we had a balance of she would take him through the night and I would take him through the morning so that she could sleep and i could you know take care of him do my role as a father and then when she got up we would just kind of go back and forth uh with the gym and, and stuff like that so again it's operational for some people um but it it came down to sacrificing and it wasn't just me it was both of us so uh big key word now you say sacrifice now i as a 40 year old man <clears throat> i have come to learn a, a little bit more about what sacrifice is to me and the things that I believe that I was sacrificing, I, I have come to evolve that word sacrifice. And rather than sacrificing something, I believe that the things that I'm doing, I am upgrading. Now, the things that I am upgrading, for example, let's say I can, you know, after dinner, after a, a, Let's say after dinner, I have a choice. I can either have an ice cream or I can, you know, just have, have nothing. I can go without, right? Now, yeah. some people, they would say, oh, but, you know, you don't want the ice cream? It's like I am choosing between having a healthy body where I am implementing discipline. I'm, into, I'm implementing going without, you know, because I don't need an ice cream. The ice cream, sure, it's going to taste good in the immediate present but what about later what about tomorrow i'm i'm, I'm that is actually going to be stifling my my growth it's going to be taking me away 
further from where I want to be. Now, some people, they might realize that or they might think that that is an actual sacrifice. But for me, it's like, all right, I already know where all of those instant gratifying vices are going to lead me, which is down a path of less, you know, a less of a evolved person and the upgraded choices that I'm going to be implementing, they're going they're to be taking me closer to that best version of myself. And man, to my estimation, I'm like, man, what, what type of man would not want to do more of the things that work and do less of the things that don't work? Uh, you had said that the, in your fire, uh, your, in the fireman world, there is a phrase. You said sacrifice a little, save a little. Or what, what was the phrase? Uh, risk a little, save a little. Um, so obviously it goes to exactly what you're saying of, you know, in the mere moment, can I, can I say no to something that, you know, is going to taste good, but yet is going to cost me, right, those gratifying uh those gratifying compliments or just being able to look at myself confidently in the mirror. Uh, and it, it does play a huge thing because a lot of times people are like, uh, from my experience on prep is, oh, one bite's not going to kill you. Oh, you look like you need to eat something. And it's like, sure, it may look like I need to eat something, but at the end of the day, that something isn't going to get me closer to where I need to be. Um, and it it boils down to your motivation, right? And, and why you're sacrificing. Um, and again, like, you know, people have this idea of sacrifice being, right, like you said earlier, giving something up. Um, but it's actually a better way to put it as in upgrading yourself. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I had to sacrifice a lot. And I realize now that um, <laughs> as I, was, I was sitting at breakfast uh, that the sacrifices I thought I had made don't amount to anything. Um, that really just don't amount to anything compared to what god has given me with his sacrifices so mm. it's the small things that matter um because at the end of the day all praises and all glory go to him and i know that like i said in my facebook post behind the scenes it's victoria that made the biggest sacrifices i may i might have stepped on stage but i couldn't have done it without her absolutely couldn't have wonderful that that's great for you to acknowledge your support system your your higher power and because of that, you know, you were able to bear some sweet fruit. There is a little philosophical phrase that I like um, that I have coined for myself. Um, and it, it goes something like this. If your goals be little, sacrifice little. If your goals be great, sacrifice great. Um, do you ever coin little mantras for yourself that have really helped you point your compass in in the right direction are there any quotes or mantras that have worked for you when when the going got tough oh absolutely uh when the going got tough when it came to uh when it came to doubters and, and naysayers um a lot of times right they won't say it to your face um or they they'll talk behind your back so one of the mantras that i have learned to uh progressively take a step forward in is people are like crickets they make a lot of noise when you're not around, but when you walk by, they stop. Talking. Oh, hey, th did did you make that one up? No, it was uh, it was actually um, it was one of the podcasts that I had uh, came across when I was going through social media, and I was like, man, if that isn't something that's true enough to be said, wow, that's lovely. That. Yeah, hey, I, I'm I'm gonna be writing that one down because that one is there's humor in that one too, and we have all experienced 
you know, walking down a path or whatever, and we hear the crickets, and then as yeah, as we get close, they're nowhere to be found. Like, where the fuck? I heard some chirping over here, and now that I'm here, yeah. there, there's there's nothing. Absolutely, and and you know, another one that goes off of you know, you can really apply it to anything in life that has a negative uh, that you know is a momentarily fix, um, but it pertains to like going out and drinking and stuff like that is. Pretty much, if you go out or you drink, you're just borrowing tomorrow's happiness. Mm. You know, and so for me, I don't want to borrow tomorrow's happiness because my happiness is a, you know, my mood is a direct reflection of how, you know, my son should be raised as a man or, you know, how my household looks uh, when they see my wife. So I go out carrying my last name uh, with a, with a, with a big chest. And uh, a proper proper step in the right direction, keeping my moral compass pointed north. So, a lot comes into it, you know, when you talk about borrowing something uh, for tomorrow, and you don't want to take nothing away from them because it's not their fault. Uh, it shouldn't be somebody else's fault, or they shouldn't have the they shouldn't take the backlash uh, just because you're upset or you find something negative about something. Mm, yeah, wonderfully said. Wise words from another man, 24-year-old. When when I was 24 years old, you know, I, I, I date myself because I, I find myself as a 40-year-old man saying, hey, man, when I was that age, when when I when I was, you know, 15, when I was 20, it, it started, I'm starting to get up there in age. And, yeah, I'm able to realize a mature 24-year-old when I see and hear one because the words that you just spoke, man, I didn't start to uh, obtain a – firmer foundation of how the world works and well into like my freaking thirties. So she's hey, kudos to you for being able to put, put things together at a much earlier age. And because of that, man, imagine, imagine how much further along, how much mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially stronger you're going to be because you know, this wisdom at such a young age. So right on your, you are well beyond a lot of people. Um, can you tell me, First, how did you get into bodybuilding and what inspired you to compete? Because there is something about you know being strong, but what made you yeah. want to go up there and, and compete? Um, I actually, I was infatuated with bodybuilding for a couple of years. Um, after playing football, uh, you kind of just, you had this itch for something. So I ended up playing racquetball for 13 years. Um, obviously, you know, my dad was my partner. Um, and I was very successful in that. And so after I joined the military, um, there wasn't much competition or, or something to be competitive in except for intramural flag football, which didn't necessarily grab the uh, – didn't necessarily scratch my back on that one. Uh, so after a couple of years, uh, after graduating high school and, and doing a few years in the military, I looked at uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the things that he had accomplished and triumphed, uh, watching his series of pumping iron, uh, and recently a documentary that came out about him on Netflix. Um, so it just definitely pushed more of the want to be better for myself. Um, and to look a certain way, uh, obviously in my household, my dad was, he was a police officer. Um, he was very high into believing you were to look a certain way because your family needs to look up to somebody that models a man. Um, and so I took that as a chip on my shoulder uh, to aesthetically build myself. And I didn't realize, uh, or a lot of people don't realize that when you aesthetically build yourself to look a certain way, it does take a toll on you mentally, where you actually have to learn more about yourself on what 
mm. benefits you. Yeah. Um, your lifestyle, your hobbies, how can you juggle life and how can you juggle the ones that love you and make time? Like, you know, I, I literally, I could throw a rock and hit my gym, but you know, in that time frame, it's like two, three minute car ride and it doesn't hurt to, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm busy. It's like, okay, why well, not two, three minutes? Let me make a phone call. If they don't answer, they don't answer. That's okay. I reached out. Right? So you have to, you have to learn that balance kind of on your own and take initiative. Um, just as much as it takes initiative to go to the gym without being told to. So, um, but it took a couple of years uh, for bodybuilding. I reached out to my friend Jake, uh, aka Chalky Chimp, who was my coach, and I was his first prep client. Uh, he's a classic physique competitor as well. Uh, he was looking for somebody to coach for his uh, to be his first client to coach for prep, and it was me. So I couldn't have a greater honor than him to be my coach. And uh, he knew he gave me a little bit more leeway because I am a personal trainer myself. Mm. Uh, but when it came to this caliber of competition. I obviously definitely gave him more of the reign because that's his ballpark, not mine. Uh, so we, we worked good together. Um, and I've always told Victoria, uh, I, I feel stagnant. I, I feel like I'm just going through the motions of my day. And um, people were saying uh, in, a, in a biblical phrase, um, summed up to be in order to grow, you have to be uncomfortable. Mm, yep. So. I uh, put myself out there in something new in a different world I, I knew nothing about essentially um, and went in open-minded and I had succeeded. I have the itch to literally go work out, but today I need to relax <laughs> Yeah. because I have, I have nine weeks before I begin my next prep for my next show in Houston. So um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a juggle of, of things. Uh, so that's kind of how that all happened and I got into it with it. Uh, and I love it. I do. And let me tell you, I think you would do great in a physique division. You have a great physique. And I see you doing your poses. So I, <laughs> I think you have a chance in there because they do have master's divisions. Man, yeah, the master's division. Um, uh, that is a respectful way to say the old guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so check this out. Um, when I got engaged when I was 27 and mm -hmm. when I was 27 years old, I had about seven years of living a, a healthy lifestyle. I was in the gym, you know, three, four, five days a week, all the way leading up to then. And then I got engaged and then I had the out of shape, you know, 30, 35 year olds who were married and they were like, yeah. Hey, um, now that you're married. You don't have to go to the gym anymore. You, you got your girl. I'm like, all right, you absolutely, know, whatever. And, you know, they would pat on their, they pat on their their pot bellies, and you're like, you know, everyone they would laugh. You don't need a, you're able to be fat just like me, essentially, right? And yep. then so I was like, you know, I I rebuked that, and I kept going to the gym. Next thing you know, first comes love, next comes marriage, and then a baby, a baby in a baby carriage. Now I am a expecting father, and the same guys were like, you know, hey, now that you have a child. Hey, you are absolutely not going to have any time to go to the gym, to devote to yourself. I was like, you know what? Once again, I'm going to rebuke all that. And once again, I just stayed on the path that I was on. Uh, to make a long story short, I'm 40 years old, and I'm doing Ironmans and marathons. And now I have the, uh, unsurprisingly, the 50-year-olds. They're saying, hey, well, when you're my age, 50 years old, you're not going to have time to work out. You're not going to have the energy and just this and that, just excuses after excuses. Now, one thing that I have been able to experience for myself is that 
as a mature man, you are supposed to be able to identify the things that waste your time, the things that aren't producing anything, and you're supposed to be able to rid yourself of those things that zap you of your time, your energy, and your, uh, and your vitality, and you're supposed to devote yourself to the vital and necessary. Now, how, uh, how are you going to move forward as a married man and as a new, new father? How do you <laughs> plan on maximizing your time to where you are fulfilling your own goals and your aspirations without being, you know, the the absentee father or the 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 dad who's never there or the husband who doesn't, you know, um, attend to to the relationship? How have you been able to maximize your time to fulfill your dreams and your goals and still be a loving caring husband and a loving caring father how do you do it um so, um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you straight with this one uh on on the multiple topics um and yes i am going to toot my wife's horn on this uh because she is my biggest advocate um she is actually the person that woke up at four o'clock in the morning and told me hey get to the gym you have mm. to hey i'm at I'm a meal prep for you. Hey, what can I do for you? Hey, here's your supplements that you need to take. Hey, do you need me to run to the store for you to grab anything? So at the end of the day, um, it you accomplishing something shouldn't take away from being a loving, caring husband or a loving, caring father. Yes, there's time of separation, mm -hmm. but in that time of separation should be one, the will to work out harder so that you can finish your workout quicker. And some people might be like, well, if I have to do that, then guess what? I'm just not going to go. Um, but at the end of the day, you're robbing, you know, your kids and your wife or your husband, you're robbing them of life with you. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that Victoria and I had a sit down conversation about, um, is not shortening our lives so that our kids can have us for as long as they need us to, to be here for. Um, because we don't know it's life. We don't know when something's going to happen, uh, especially with today's society and, Obviously, uh, I got out of the military. She's still in the military, um, which also helps with understanding uh, priorities. And she is a huge advocate on actually making sure that the house is good as well as I make sure the house is good. Um, our SOs or significant others are good and that they have everything that they need. Um, and so with that and that having that mentality, uh, me being a father and me being a husband, is actually a lot better than it was before because I get to actually now enjoy life to the fullest, knowing that one, my son cannot say that, oh, well, after after football, my dad didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. No, he can actually look up to me and be like, my dad competed in this. And I can do it for years. Um, I have ideally about two years that I want to get my pro card and eventually step on a pro stage. Um, and you know, I have a wife that can actually look at me and be like, man, I have a strong enough husband mentally, physically, and emotionally to carry the, not only his world, but the family's world on his shoulders. And he can handle it properly without lashing out, without being, uh, harmful, uh, with words to whether it's the kids or myself. Uh, so it definitely, it definitely boils down to having a good support system 
as well as understanding yourself that you you have to be selfish. And I'm saying this respectively, and I'm saying this because I've experienced it. And I'm not going to speak out of something that I've never experienced, but you have to be selfish to an extent. You do. Um, and as long as you do it with a love, care, and compassion, and knowing that you're bettering yourself to be a better human, whether it's a wife, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a husband, grandparent, doesn't matter how old you are. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to make everybody else happy. It's just going to make you feel good because everybody just wants to be loved, heard, and, and thought of truthfully. So that's, that is where that comes into of juggling of being a father and actually a, a better husband um, is being selfish to an extent with a good support system and knowing that you have to have the proper motivation in life. Well said. Once again, wise words. Um, what I have experienced is, you know, one, I don't want to be a, a absentee father. I already work a full-time job, you know, 45 hours every single week with a little commute sprinkled on top of that. So I am away from my <laughs> – California uh, commute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I am away from my family long enough. And it's like, you know what, I still have these goals. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not done. And I believe that – as the parent or the father in our cases, us fathers, I believe that the best thing that we're able to do is be goal-oriented, is to sacrifice the things or upgrade the things that don't bring value, that actually take away from our finances, our energy, um, our, our energy. We have to be able to sacrifice those things so that we can be most efficient and effective with our time when we are there with our our families and as it pertains to us going out and chasing down our goals whatever that is our families they want to see a parent striving setting a big goal and then us as fathers we get to take our families on that journey with us you as a man who has trained for this bodybuilding competition and then you know, meddled, was recognized for your hard work. Now you have obtained for yourself some intangible assets that you would have never accomplished or never received if you did not embark out on that journey. Now, any journey that you go on, a wise man is going to be able to learn from the triumph and the failure. And for a man to not go out on any journey, and not learn anything, that means that you are living in a realm of stagnation. You're not growing. You're not diminishing. You're just staying the same. You are essentially just a wilted houseplant with, you know, in inadequate water and sunlight, and you're just limp. You know, so the adventures that we go out on, we don't just go out on these adventures, the bodybuilding adventure, the marathon adventure. We go out with a fundamental yearning to accomplish something so that we can become stronger in every realm that strength can be measured. And the four pillars that I have been able to identify is the mind, the body, the spirit, and our finances. And as, as a father, we want to be well-rounded in all of those aspects so that we can provide the best life not only for ourselves but for our families because man if if that's not the point of fatherhood is to learn from our own mistakes and learn a little bit how the world works so that we can teach our children 
the values and the cautionary tales that we have experienced to lead them to a better destination, mm-hmm. then, then I, I don't know. I, I'm blind no, to, I, to, to what fatherhood <laughs> is then. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, uh, I 100% agree with you. Um, that's kind of one of my biggest mantras uh, throughout my prep. Uh, and it goes to literally being hired onto the fire department. Um, I've told my coworkers, I've told my boss, my supervisor, uh, and I'll tell anybody and I'll tell everybody that listens to this podcast. My family is a priority. If my household's not good, then I have to, as a father and as a man and as a husband, take care of my household before I do anything else. Um, and obviously my wife, uh, I'm going to speak very loosely with this one. Uh, in a respectful way. Uh, she obviously is postpartum and has dealt with some mental depression because of postpartum. Um, and so there are times where, yeah, I didn't go to the gym. And it's not because I didn't want to. It's not because of anything. It's because my household wasn't good. Mm. And if my household wasn't good, that means my mental stability wasn't good because I have now an inside problem that needs to be fixed. And there you go. Really yep. It, the gym isn't a priority at that point. My wife's the priority because how my wife emotionally feels, right? Because obviously mothers are nurturing, then it goes to how my child is affected. And then based off of that, then it's okay. Now I'm affected because I have two problems now instead of one, but yet I selfishly prioritize the gym over my wife's mental health. So I have, I've done it. um, And that's one thing I applaud my coach for is him understanding. Like I'll tell anybody. My family's first. I don't care if it's a paycheck. I don't care if it's a family function. If, if if my household's not good, we're not doing anything until it's fixed because that's that's just me. That's my military way. That's just how I am as a man and, and, and carved out to be. So um, when it boils down to it all of, you know, the four pillars, finances, absolutely. Um, but again, it also boils down to having to make sure that everybody within that household is taken care of before yourself as a man. Um, and that's what I did when it came to my supplements, when it came to my diet plan and stuff, it was, Hey, uh, Hey Victoria, what do we, what do we need? What does Carson need? Um, and I didn't care whether it was $50 for uh, a bouncy or, or something like that for Carson. So he could actually develop into the young man I need him to be because it's more important. It is. And uh, obviously, we have dual income, so it was a little bit easier. Um, and, and we're more fortunate than most, but uh, we still struggle. And so because of that, there are sacrifices I've had to make. But am I complaining? No, because, you know, like when you're four pillars, there's finances. You have to have stability in life. And so with that, it made it made prep easier for me. And that's I, I can't. God, Uncle Ruben, I can't agree with you more on the four pillars that you have set out and uh, expressed. I can't. It, it's 100% spot on. Now, when you say that you have to have your house in order, I'm able to relate with that because I found that uh, back in 2017, I was hardcore pursuing photography, and I was able to side hustle my way to earn a down payment for my house. And I found that, let's say, you know, I was arguing with my wife. And then I, you know, had to leave out the door because, you know, I am I am obligated by a contract to be at this particular place and this particular time because these people paid me a particular amount to photograph their money. Then guess what? You know, I just need we need to um, reengage this conversation later and I need to go out and perform this this creative endeavor of being a wedding photographer. Now, I Mm -hmm. noticed that 
whenever I left and, you know, something was just uneasy with me, whatever it was, you know, whether it was a, a, a argument or the, the house not being in order or, you know, just whatever. I mean, perhaps my damn fence was falling down. It, it would it would mess with me creatively and it would stifle my creative energy. And rather than being, you know, fully present at the task at hand, which at that time was a wedding photographer, it, it, it messed up my flow. It threw off my chakra. And as the same thing with marathon running or even freaking Ironman training, once again, if my house is not in order, if there is a, a bill or something up with work or just whatever, if my mental mm -hmm. game is messed up, then that is going to make the workout so much harder. It's going to make the, the <laughs> a lot longer. Too. Yeah, it's going to I was just going to say it was going to make the time so much longer. Now, if yep. I am feeling good and all the bills are paid and the, the food is or the, the refrigerator is filled with food and everything is good, then guess what? I can devote all of my mental energy, all of everything that I have to bear down on this training session. Then that was like the 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 best time for you know, for for me to implement that that structure that I created for myself. That was the that was the fruit of having thing in order, being able oh, to, yeah. to focus on on that high goal. And that, you know, that is just a byproduct. If you don't have your house in order, then guess what? You're not going to be working out. You're not going to be stepping on that stage. You stepping on that stage. That is a byproduct of you having everything in order. And that's what a lot of people don't don't realize is I don't know. And and, and I'll and I'll say this. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, having a having an argument or, or disagreement, um uh disagreement on something and you have to leave and you have to go fulfill this obligation. Um that's why for me, uh in my household when it comes to Victoria and I talking, um, we have a dinner table and I'm a big advocate for using a table um or the stools at the around the countertop as a hey no phone no nothing you and me person to person emotions vulnerable let's talk or her and i will go for a walk and we're not going to come back to the apartment until everything is handled because we don't need the toxicity within the apartment in a small confined area mm -hmm. let's go for a walk or let's go get coffee and let's let's talk about it um because i have uh, obviously, her and I both being in the military, we sh we do have our mental health struggles, um, which isn't talked about enough in life, but that's a whole other thing. Um, so for her and I, we understand that, and we know that sometimes we have to express things um, in order to actually feel good and, you know, not attacking one another, right? There's a huge difference in attacking one another versus understanding, right, priorities, obligations, right, making sure that the, the refrigerator's full, making sure that where your income is coming from, you know, you can be completely there. Uh, because I definitely know, um, <laughs> I definitely know what it's like to uh, aspire to pursue something, uh, especially when you know it can have a potential influence on bills, on, you know, uh, the food in the household and how everybody operates throughout the day. Uh, so I, I get it there. And it, you know, if, anybody could take any advice from a 24 year old, which some people are discouraged to do sometimes, I would highly suggest, you know, hey, let's just sit at the table and let's talk. Let's just, let's just be humans, right? 
because you look at your significant other, you fell in love with them for a reason. You guys can communicate because if you couldn't, you guys probably wouldn't be where you are today. <laughs> mm-hmm. So give it, give it a shot and be open. You know, it's not a bad thing. Don't wear this sleeve or, you know, this, oh, I have to be this macho man. No, it's okay to be vulnerable. It is. It really is. Because you look at me. I am a classic physique, muscular guy. Um, I'm 5'11", you know, but I am, as Victoria would say, I'm a teddy bear. And that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But to everybody else, you believe when I step outside my door, it's a little different. Yeah, you are the, the warrior in the garden. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, I, I would definitely say, man, yeah. What advice would you give to other parents who aspire to pursue intense fitness goals? Uh, you got, uh, I would say you have to understand that um, with, you know, it, it goes back to the firefighter phrase, you know, you have to risk a little to save a little. Um, but when it comes to health and wellness, I will say as from a personal trainer perspective, you have to risk a lot to save a lot. And when I say save a lot, I mean, you save a lot of time with your kids later on down the road when you can't be with them. Mm. Um, there's a lot of health issues that, uh, geriatrics run into, um, because they don't have that foundation and it doesn't have to be nothing crazy. You know, if they want to compete, hell yeah. There's a 69-year-old that won uh, his master's division yesterday at the show. And again, he's 69, but guess what? He has so much life in him because he takes care of himself. So yeah. um, my biggest advice is whether you start today, whether you start tomorrow, um, just make small things. Because the small things save, you know, the extra day, the extra week with your family. Because you're actually prolonging, you know, you're prolonging that shortness of life. And you're actually extending it. So I definitely, you know, use that as a motivation because, you know, no, I, I don't really converse with my parents no more. But deep down inside, I, I love them. Um, and I could not go a day without them, you know, thinking about them. Like, man, like, it, it would really suck if they weren't here. But uh, they both take care of themselves to the best of their ability. And I'm glad in some cases I am an inspiration for them to actually eat healthier. Uh, just because that's, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't live without my mom. You know that. I, yeah. I look up to my mom for a lot of things, uh, even though we butt heads sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd say is that if you guys want to pursue something, pursue it. Um, you know, make sure, uh, you know, be selfish. You know, if your significant other says, ah, I don't know about that. That's fine. That's your dream. That's your goal. That's not theirs. They're not going to do it for you. They're not going to they're not gonna lace up the shoes to go run a marathon. They're not going to put on the, the swimsuit to go swim, you know, 50 miles, you know, it, that's your goal. And so if you have that goal, you do it because I guarantee you, your kids are going to look up to you and be like, man, my parents did this. Yeah. And like right now I'm helping a, a 40 year old guy. He has three kids. He wants to power lift and he's never done it before. And so he's like, I just want my kids to look up to somebody and be like, man, my dad still did it. So absolutely don't, don't let naysayers, don't let the crickets, um, don't the crickets chirping be too loud for you inside your head? You know, block it out, um, and and just walk tall, and they'll they'll stop talking. I promise they will. You know, if I were to answer that question, there's so many different ways that that I can approach it, but me as a father, and knowing all of the temptations, all of the the pits, the potential roadblocks and obstacles that I have faced on my journey, and knowing that because there's nothing new under the sun, my son, he's going to be facing the same snakes, the same pits, the same pitfalls, the same dickheads, the same Karens, 
the same stresses, the same temptations, but, you know, just with a, a different mask. It's going to be someone else tempting him with cocaine, someone else tempting him with, you know, um, this and that. Now, me as a man, it's like, all right, I have faced those things. I have fell into temptation. I have paid the consequences. And now it's like, all right, you know right from wrong. You have a robust catalog of what works and what doesn't work in every yep. realm. Now it's like, all right, when your son is faced, when that same temptation that you're faced with right now, like, for example, something simple. Hey, coming home from work, I can crack a beer and throw on some sweatpants and just chill. Or would, I, ra would I rather want my son to go into the garage and do some deadlifts? Would I rather want my son to come home from work and go run three miles? Would I rather want my son to make a healthier dietary choice? Or would I just want him to go and eat, I don't know, a, a jumbo jack super size from Jack in the Box? Because he's going to have those options. Okay, now, easy. Jack in the Box curly fries are delicious. All right. Yeah, <laughs> hey, no, they, they, there's a time there's a time and a place for everything. Aristotle. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the fathers of philosophy, uh, he has something called the golden mean. Uh, the golden mean and essentially what you do is you identify the extreme on one end and the extreme on the other and you know hey, sometimes it's just always right in, in the middle you know you don't want to you don't want to be obsessive and like completely where it's like this is your sole purpose and you are i don't know just crazy about it because you mm -hmm. know th th those guys i mean I, there's such thing as, as burnout but to stay on on, on the narrative of you know, doing the right thing. It's like, all right, your kid is going to be faced with that same option. Now, what what are you going to do? And now if you're going to do the wrong thing, what makes you think your kid is going to do the right thing? Now, if you have a series of actions where you have done the right thing over and over and over for decades and you are bearing some good fruit because of it, you're going to be able to not only tell your kid what the right thing is to do but you're going to be able to be like hey son this is the byproduct of choosing more right choices than not you know um physically strong emotionally strong spiritually strong and financially strong these are the fruits of my labor and so if there was a parent out there who is you know thinking about pursuing a intense goal it's like hey you know what one of these days, your kid is going to be faced with the same choice, too. And do you want him to cower or do you want him to uh, step it, step up? You want him to step into it? There's a uh, there's a uh, a podcast um, and he posted it on uh, TikTok. Um, and later on, I'll find the name for you. But he said the sad truth in reality of being a man and turning into a father is that when you have a son, you are raising your replacement. Mm. And you said it yourself. You know, there's going to be snakes that wear different masks. There's going to be, you know, the right and wrongs that you know to make. But don't, I would say, don't shelter um, your kids. You know, allow them to make the mistakes in a lesser degree <laughs> than what some of us have made mistakes in. Um, because it gives them the opportunity to face adversity. It gives them time to learn and to understand, okay, when this happens, I know not to do this. Or just in general, I know not to put myself in that position ever again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's also, you know, like you said, you can come home and crack open a beer. 
is is that healthy for not only my wife, but is that healthy for my kid to be like, oh, it's okay to do this, so I don't have no roles and responsibilities because it's 2023, but yet my father's acting like he's in the 1950s where this is almost acceptable. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, it, it's definitely one of those things of if you want to pursue something in life, uh, set obtainable goals, but also for your kids, you know, set realistic um, standards for them. Don't – you can't walk in there uh, thinking that you're going to have all the answers because, you know, we have to give grace to our parents. It doesn't matter how old our parents are. We have to give grace to them because guess what? <laughs> them, you, Uncle Ruben, myself. Uh, Victoria, anybody that is a parent, we only have one chance at life at being a parent. We don't have all the answers. We've made mistakes. You know, there is a disciplinary category, and that's acceptable. Um, but also, let's remember we've been there before, right? Um, and let's know that you know we, we just have one chance at this. So let's make the best of it. Um, and that goes for how you see yourself image. That goes for how you see your household. That goes for how you want to raise your kids, how you want to be as a as a significant other, um, and that goes for pursuing things. That goes for work perspectives. It it's an umbrella of things. So, you know, one life, one opportunity. Uh, don't shy away from it. It, you know, it. Trust me, the bigger the bite, the the harder it is to swallow. But man, when you <laughs> when you get that when you get that down, it is one of the best feelings ever. There you go. Um, and you know. Uh, Kind of scratched the surface on it earlier uh conversating with you through message uh you know you talk about uh what is a what's a memorable moment for me on stage um, yes and that was a big that's a big bite for me to swallow uh is stepping on stage and being confident in a literal speedo yeah oh yeah <laughs> um, for sure yeah uh, hey, literally literally stepping out there to be judged go ahead yeah judge me exactly yeah it, and and that's one of my biggest things is you know, I people tell me all the time, "Oh, you look good. Oh, you're good enough." You're th-. no, but for some reason, it was okay for me to be judged openly by people. Um, but no, I'll say, I'll say this is, you know, I took that big of a bite, and and it was hard to swallow. Um, it was hard to swallow stepping on stage and exerting confidence because, like you said, you're being judged and. Obviously, we know that at the end of the day, you know, at the end of life, there's no greater judge than God himself. Uh, so I feel like if you can take the the criticism here by people, you can actually learn to utilize it and, you know, take criticism, constructive criticism from people in life and, and build a better household, build a better lifestyle. Um, and sometimes you have to learn how to take the negative things that people say and, you know, like water off a duck's back, brush it off, and just be like, all right, cool, hey, appreciate your input, but that's not kind of how I operate. Um, or you could be like, hey, you know what, that's a great idea. I'm going to try it, but I'm going to do it kind of a way that works for me. Um, so, again, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a big bite for a lot of people in whatever it is, whether it's something new uh, or retrying something. It's a big bite, but, I mean, I promise you, when you when you actually are able to get it down and, and to swallow that, oh, it is a great feeling. Uh, because I emotionally cried on stage uh, because I thought about my dad saying that he wouldn't really believe me in competing. Uh, I thought about all the crickets that told me mm. I won't really amount to anything other than, you know, being a, a mess up. And that's the polite way to say it. Um, and so as soon as I got off stage, I found my wife and I, I started crying because she she took the biggest tolls um, of, and I'm trying to get emotional right now, but she took the biggest tolls of, of everything that 
uh, that people have said and told me. And she's like, hey, babe, you got this. Keep doing it. No one's going to believe you but yourself. Um, but I'm, I'm here in your corner. So, you know, it doesn't have to always be, you know, it doesn't always have to be something like that. But it can be something very minor but major to somebody else. So please, with the respect and care of, of uh, you know, people and their choices, be graceful. Um, as I said before, just be graceful for it. You only have one chance at life, so everybody's going to make their one opportunity. Very cool. Um, one of the most uh, the most fundamental aspects of my young boyhood growing up was seeing a strong man with the muscles glistening, just ripped jack. I- I'm so grateful that I got to grow up with role models such as Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rocky, John Cod, Van Damme, yeah. Hulk, Hulk, <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan, yeah, the yeah. Steiner brothers, you know, all of those strong <laughs> men. And yep, it's like yep. dude, um, that that aspect of just having a strong physique, it has just inter- entwined itself in my DNA. And for you to go out and venture off on that path and then, yes, yeah, step into that speedo and then go out and stand in front of all those people and then feeling insecure in your own mind, but then fucking flexing on them. Like, ah, well, yeah, right here. But doing it, <laughs> doing it like elegant and beautifully because the human body, it, it is beautiful, especially when a person has taken the time to work on themselves meticulously over a long time. It, it is beautiful to, to look at. Now, following your journey, you shared some posts on your social media like, hey, I'm bulking up. I'm trying to gain some weight, this and that. And I think yeah. you you went all the way from like 230 or 235 pounds, and yeah, I went from uh, I got to 237 and dropped down to 199 in 14 weeks. Wow! So that was that's what 38 pounds. Yeah, there was a there was a time frame where I lost 30 or no, there was a time frame where I lost 16 pounds in a month, um, and yet it so I'm I'm a kind of caveat with the it was healthy weight loss. Um, a lot of times people don't realize that you can actually lose and gain weight because of stress. Mm. Um, I actually, uh, going through this prep, uh, I was in a very good mental headspace uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, so in that time frame, my coach was shocked. He's like, dude, you lost 16 pounds, man. Like, this is going a lot better than you expected to um, or than he expected to. So it, it definitely, it, it was, and I didn't mean to, to cut you off on that. Um, but yeah, no, I went from 235 down to 199 uh, since uh, July. And I realized I was getting a little, uh, when my wife started asking me, hey, are you okay? After I tied my shoes, <laughs> I just started wearing slip-ons at that point. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I ended up losing some weight. Um, uh, but again, it's, I'm sure I'm 24, but it goes for anybody. My dad's 56 and he still tries to lose weight. So it's it's obtainable for anybody, honestly, if you just put your mind to it. Yeah, so right now you weigh pretty much 200 pounds. What is a ideal healthy weight for you when you're not competing, when you're not trying to bulk, when you're not trying to cut? What is a a, a healthy weight for you? Oh, geez. Do you want the, the doctor's answer or you want my personal nah, yours. perspective? Nah, you know, the doc- okay. doc- doctors don't, don't know too much about anything. <laughs> well, either way, me being 200 with my highs, I'm considered obese. But, um, but no, I, uh, for me, um, 
a comfortable weight. Uh, this is actually the fun part. I get to find that out now. Um, mm. I was 225 before, um, but I was 225 very heavy in, in mass. And then I got to 237. I was a little bit on the heftier side, the unhealthier side of things, um, because Southern cooking just does that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then I would say I got to my lowest about 193, 195, uh, but that was unhealthy. So I think this time around, I want to say comfortably 220. 225 is actually a comfortable weight for me. So um, my coach and I, we've already set up the plan to get me back to 220, 225 with some wiggle room to play because my height in my division gives me a weight cap of 200 pounds. So in a sense, I was, I'm not discouraged or upset about it. I was robbed 10 pounds of of muscular mass. Um, But again, it's a learning curve. So for my next show, we're going to try and tiptoe around putting on eight more five uh six to eight more pounds of mass and uh and going from there so i should be pretty comfortable at that point honestly what was one of your longest training regiments like like in a single day when when you're Um, at at your peak and then what what time would you wake up and go all right pretty much can you take me through your morning routine you know what, what you would eat and then how many hours would you spend in the gym and then go from there Absolutely. Um, so on a so on a work day, um, uh, I start work at six thirty. So on a work day, um, Victoria takes the, the takes Carson through the night for me. So I go to bed about ten thirty at night. Uh, gives me about five hours of sleep, five six hours of sleep. I'll wake up at four fifteen. Um, I'll go to the gym and do cardio for an hour. This is my longest regimen. Um, is that running my, or what? Uh, no, so I'll do I'll do an hour of the stairmasters, mm-hmm. uh, or I'll do uh, what's called a twelve three thirty on the treadmill. But um, instead of thirty minutes, it's an hour. So it's a twelve incline for a three speed for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I'll go home about five five oh five shower. Um, in the military, we say uh, poop shower shave. I'll put it in the flight wake. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do that. Um, but my gym opens up at 5, so when I'm up at 4.15, 4.30, I'm actually prepping my bag and all my supplements and, and all my oral supplements that I need to, need to have for the day and work. So I prep all that so that when after I'm done showering and, and getting ready for work, um, I can just grab my bags and go. Um, so I'll get to work at about 7. Um, my first meal is at 7.30. Uh, it is uh, a cup of eggs, so it's uh, a cup of egg whites, so it's a total of essentially eight eggs and two whole eggs so i'm eating about a carton of eggs in every morning um a dozen of eggs and then meal number two is about 9 30 10 o'clock um so meal two three uh and four are six ounces of chicken uh 200 milligrams of white rice uh meals three and four had one ounce of cashews uh, all meals uh, from two to meal four had three ounces of vegetables, preferably broccoli and asparagus. Um, I would do my next hour of cardio at my lunchtime from 11.30 to 12.30. Uh, go back to work at one o'clock uh, because my fire department thankfully has a gym and a cardio room. So I was able to nice. do all that at work. Um, so then I eat my meals in between one and before working out. And I had a pre-workout meal of three quarter cups of steel oats with a scoop of protein isolate and uh, two tablespoons of peanut butter. 
um, just for the glycogen conversion of, mm-hmm. uh, of giving a nice pump and pushing a pushing proteins through the muscle fibers. Now, is, is um, this a um, is this a process of bulking or is it a process of of cutting? And how do you... uh, this is a process of losing weight. Losing <laughs> yeah, weight. So All still, right, damn. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still in the so so meal five and six. So meal five is usually an actual uh, protein meal. So it's a chicken with the with the rice. Um, and then I'd have a snack, which was two, uh, two scoops of protein with two tablespoons of peanut butter and one rice cake. And then my last meal of the day was, uh, two scoops of protein, uh, two tablespoons of peanut butter. Um, and that, that was really, that's my six meals, essentially six, seven meals. Yeah. That is a, a marriage to the, to the game, right, man? You really gotta, you have to do these things. Otherwise mm-hmm. you're not going to get the gains. And, um, in my, my mid twenties, I I did try to get you know jacked. I, I I had the mentality of more plates, more dates, right? So I I Absolutely. did I did venture off and just trying to get like really big. And I'm already a a small guy. I'm five five, and the biggest that I ever got was like one seventy two, mm-hmm. and that was like eating Togo sandwiches all day, and it was. Like you literally have to plan out your meal. And I also found that, let's say for whatever life happens and you happen to miss a meal, dude, that would stress me out. Like it would rob me of my joy. I'm like, man, I'm losing my gains right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm losing all yeah. my hard work. And then so I had that that mentality for a while. But as I got older, my my relationship with working out evolved as it is mm-hmm. su- supposed to, you know, you, you can't take in your mentality from your 20s into your 30s, your 30s into your vo- 40s, et cetera, et cetera. Now yeah. my, my mentality is it's more of a spiritual and a mental aspect. The routine that I have set up for myself, while it, it can fluctuate, I do have like a, a core of foods and a, a certain specific time where my power and my energy are most highest. And I've learned to tap into that, into the routine, into the energy flow that my life has has produced for itself. And, you know, just kind of having the aspect of longevity, that mm-hmm. is where I'm at now. And you had mentioned that there was a 62-year-old, 69-year-old man who, you know, just won his, 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 um, his age group. And, you know, that's something that I want to develop for myself as something that I'm setting up for myself now is to be that older man who was just, you know, fit, who can still outrun 20 year olds and 30 year olds. And like, I, I, that, that is my plan is to be that older guy. Hey, maybe on, maybe on a stage one of these days, or just maybe smoking 20 year olds on, on a marathon course, you know, because they're, they're out there too. There's a, there's a 77 year old, her name is Jeannie Rice, just ran the Boston marathon in three hours and 30 minutes gosh yeah it's super fast man that that is hey, i hats off to anybody that that run let me let me hang on for you uncle ruben that does marathons and iron man so hey hats off to you because that is a lot harder and i i'll say this because i am an athlete in, in some categories it is i i give my hats off to people that do stuff like that because it is different it's a different realm it's a different ballpark for me but just there's just a little bit more about it where we sometimes think that some people might be psychologically not okay <laughs> to be wanting to run that long 
Um, but no, again, the the training and everything. I, I my hat go off to anybody that does that. Like it is, it's it's a real dedication as much as anything else. Honestly, you're. I look at people as equal when it comes to that. Right on, and you know, coming from the the place that that I'm coming from, like I'm able to infuse like everything that I've ever been through the 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 good the bad the ugly the beautiful um everything that I've learned and I'm able to put that into a three-hour run into a 14-hour Ironman into a deep swim it's the people who don't have the outlet you know whether it is you know putting paint to a canvas or poems to a rap beat it's the people who don't have an outlet to deal with their hurt and their pain and all their suffering and and it's those people who can't convert it into something good and something beautiful those are the people who really struggle in life but you know hey luckily for you and i we we found an outlet to where we get to use you know all of the pain the hurt the ugly the good the bad and put it in a direction and direct it towards becoming a better version of ourselves because if you don't have that Man, yeah, that's when you really start to go crazy, and that's when you oh, start yeah. to get real dark. Oh, and, and as much as I was open about obviously being communicate, uh, being communicated with Victoria, like obviously she understands that there needs to be an outlet for me. And going to the gym, like, like I said, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning, did an hour of cardio. I would do an hour of cardio uh, at lunch, and then I would go work out for an hour and a half, and then I have to do my posing routine for another forty-five minutes to an hour. Like it. It was time consuming and like for for when I came off shift, I would wake up at four in the morning before going off shift at seven and I would knock out my first hour of cardio and then I would go eat my breakfast. And because I didn't want to make up an hour later on down the road and be being away from my wife, <laughs> as soon as I got off work, I'd go do my next hour of cardio. Um, and then I'd take that time to, okay, I'm going to come home. I'm going to shower. I'm going to take care of Carson so that mama can sleep. So then she can go do her cardio in the morning and then later on go to the gym. Um, it, it definitely, it, you know, it does need, there does need to be that outlet for people. Um, but there also needs to be the understanding of there has to be a equal balance of sacrifices um, and, and dedication. Uh, because if not, then you're going to feel like there's times in my prep where I felt like, God, I got to fit this in. I still got to do this where there was times where it was as simple as doing laundry at work. I wasn't going to bed till 1130. But guess what? Who's responsible for that one? Yeah. Me. Yeah. I am. So now I robbed myself of sleep, which makes me miserable. But like we said earlier uh, in this conversation, I shouldn't take the happiness from somebody else because I'm miserable because of my mistakes. So I have to I have to still wake up. I still have to go do that. And I have to put a smile on my face not because I I have to or want to, but it's because of the love of the people that I'm going to go see and be around. You know what I mean? So there has to be that healthy balance of, of an outlet for people. And, and they need to understand, too, there does come consequences when when you have to fall on your own sword, essentially, uh, for your mistakes. Well said, Austin. Hey, I don't want to take too much more of your time. It's a beautiful Sunday. The sun's shining over here in beautiful livermore california How, how's the weather over there is, is there some sun still shining over there no texas is actually like rejoicing right now because there's a cold front and rain <laughs> oh wow so um but no it's definitely um it's definitely nice out here it's beautiful um i i got this week off uh to spend with my wife and kiddo yeah how, uh, how, I, how's how's the baby where, where's the baby at right now 
uh, Carson and Mama are sleeping. <laughs> nice. She, uh, she, he, uh, he, he's a cute kid. Um, he is, uh, he's, his middle name is Anna. Okay, cool, which means a gift from God. Um, and that's my middle name is a gift from God. And I'm kind of okay, cool as well. Uh, not a junior, essentially, but um, I felt like he, uh, he, he, he's given that name essentially because uh, his mom uh, pulled me out of a dark place uh, last year in 2021 and helped me get to where I am today. Uh, and even through, even through her pregnancy, Uncle Ruben, she supported me through my prep. She actually made sure I was still going to the gym. And I might have, I hope my coach never hears this podcast. I might have indulged somewhat Uh-oh. in sympathy eating. Confessions. Okay? <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> Confessions. Well, you can't get mad at me now, essentially. But, uh, but no, I, uh, she helped me through it. And, uh, but mama, mama is doing better. This is kind of why I want to take this week to digress and actually be able to take Carson through the night so she can sleep. And, and again, it, it's, to some people, it might not mean much, but to me, it's a reward for her and her sacrifices so that she can't sleep. Um, but is she going to let me do much? Absolutely not, because mothers are nurturing, loving, and they are selfless. And hats off to them as well. They're better than any athlete I know, better than any person I know. And that is a well, genuinely hearted woman that raises a kid. Oh, yeah. The, the, the mothers, they ha- hats off to the moms out there, right? Holding it down Absolutely. and yeah, man, the, the, the strong ones, the, the, the weak ones, man, you got to step up your game right now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I know a few people, let me tell you, but I, I, I definitely agree. And for, for anybody that I'll tell you this right now and, and Uncle Ruben, I, I love following you on social media. I love seeing you achieve your goals and everything. Um, but for anybody, like I said before, if you have a goal, it is your goal. It is your dream. You are the one that can obtain it, not somebody else. Nobody else is going to put the, the shoes on for you. Nobody else is going to put the fork to the mouth for you or put it down in that sense as well. Mm-hmm. You got to do it yourself and start small. Doing something small is going to paint a bigger picture because you never see Picasso painting the whole picture with one stroke of a brush. Yeah. You got to start small. Um, so, you know, paint your canvas how you see fit. Um, you know, if, if, and I'm going to say this, uh, <laughs> apologetically, if I say anything wrong that some people might have not agreed with, well, that's kind of on you. I'm, I'm from the military. <laughs> I'm from the military. So I'm going to shoot you straight. And whether you agree or disagree, guess what? Uh, you're just a cricket to me. Um, but no, I enjoyed this conversation. I love talking to you. Uh, it's always an honor to, to, to be here with you. And, uh, it, it helps me mentally, uh, kind of recover and, and think of all the things in life that I have to be grateful for, honestly. So it's definitely a refresher for me. Wonderfully said. If there are two things that I can encourage you to do that have helped me tremendously in every realm that can be measured, it is reading and journaling. It's, it's, it's those small things where, you know, you'll, you'll pick up a book, you'll read a page or two, and you'll be like, all right, that, that didn't do too much. And then you'll go pick up your journal, you know, try to write a uh, paragraph. Like, all right, I, I still feel the same. But it's one of those things where if you consistently read a good book, consistently jot down your thoughts over time, the intangible asset that that produces for you, that's something that I would want everyone to experience. And if I had a wise elder to tell me to do that, like someone who I knew, you know, like if I was a 24-year-old and I knew a, a guy who, you know, uh, I knew a little bit about his journey and he's telling me to 
read and journal because it's going to produce some sweet fruit in the future. And I, I, I might take that a little bit more more seriously. Save your money, too. Save your money. <laughs> and invest your money. Read, journal. And, man, we'll, we'll see, you know, the how that works for you in five, ten years. You, you'll be freaking you'll be the best version, a better version, a more evolved, mature, sophisticated man. And what type of man wouldn't want to point and set his sail in that direction, Austin? What what type of guy would oh. want to rebuke that? What type of man wouldn't want to have his moral compass pointed north? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And Re so I'll tell you this. You, you mentioning reading and journaling, um, I'm not much of a reader myself. But I will say the last time I did take your advice on journaling and whether it's a mental journaling or whether it's speaking in affirmations, it has it, it's definitely made my life a lot easier because it's again, it's, it was something obtainable. It's like, all right, cool. I did this today. This made me feel good today. Rod, let's see if we can do it again. So you taking your advice of journaling, if anybody takes anything from my uncle, it is definitely journaling and, and putting things out there because it's a great deal and it makes you a better person later on down the road. It's a guaranteed proof in the pudding. Hey, Austin, um, think about this too. So go on Amazon, buy yourself a $6 journal, and then write to your to your son, you know, like, hey, you know, um, today I felt this way because of that, you know, and yada, yada. And who knows, one of these days, inevitably, when you do pass away, you know, hopefully as a as a old man, you're going to leave a legacy full of a father's words that have been written down every single day. And I think that that can be a beautiful, a beautiful family heirloom aside from all of the mansions and the the uh, the dividends that you're uh, you know going to be stacking up for your your young one as, as time goes on. But I think that that could be another powerful way for a man to journal as well is to leave a little bit of a instruction manual of like hey this is where you came from these are the struggles that that i felt and at some point when you're grown and you go back and you read your your dad's words it's going to be like man hey i'm feeling the same way my dad felt the same way because guess what you're not going to be able to have all the conversations with your kid but you can take yep. that time to write down a page of of your highest thoughts or your struggles, and you never know if those words can potentially save a member of your family later down in life. And that makes it more believable uh, because obviously as a kid, right, when your parents yell at you and they tell you, oh, I've been there, and you go to your room, you shut your door, you fight the air, you tell them how much you, you hate living at the house, um, that is actually a good point of view to have is like, hey, here's this book written by me, your father, that has experienced these things. And it's not just a by a word of mouth. It's literally, it's literally word to paper. It's pen to paper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot more value. So I, I'm going to take you up on that, especially, so I'm going to do it for you on my next prep. And I'll make a copy of it, and you can hold me to it. I'll make a copy of it, and I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right, if that's, if that's something that you're feeling in your spirit, Hey, absolutely. Uh, yeah, hey, go for it then. I'm, I'm gonna hold you up on it then, Austin. I, I, I'm looking forward to reading your writings. 
I hope you can read it. It's like the Declaration of Independence, people say. Yeah, you know, hey, so, same deal with my chicken scratch, too. But all, all right, Austin. Hey, I'm going to let you go so you can get back to the family, maybe sneak in the bed and uh, join them in on that cuddle. Until next time, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you. It's onward, always onward. And until next time, Austin. Take care, buddy. Uh, I love you. Thank you. Have a good one. And tell your family I love them. Hey, ditto. Talk to you soon. Right. See you. All right, bye. As we begin to draw the curtains closed on this compelling episode of Gathering Strength, the remarkable journey of Austin Fernandez echoes the timeless words of Winston Churchill, who famously declared, quote, Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. End quote. Now from the battlefield to the fiery front lines of firefighting, the vows of matrimony, and the tender embrace of fatherhood. Austin's saga epitomizes the unwavering courage that prevails against all odds. In the spirit of Churchill's wisdom, quote, success always demands a greater effort, end quote. Austin's tale, a symphony of resilience and triumph, resonates with victories on the bodybuilding stage and in the diverse arenas of life. As we bid adieu, let Austin's narrative be a testament to the enduring power of courage. Much like the iron shaped in the furnace, his story is a testament to the strength that emerges from facing challenges head-on. Until our next foray into gathering strength, remember Churchill's words. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Embrace the fire within, stand tall, and continue crafting your legacy. If you made it to the end of the podcast, right on. Don't forget to give me a like, a subscribe, a follow. Give me a little five-star rating. And as a byproduct, I'll continue to give you awesome podcast content. Until next time, it's onward. Always onward. <laughs>